Well, greetings and welcome, everybody, uh, to the final update and report from the silent retreat. As you can see, I am not surrounded by uh, mountains in the background or leaves behind me as the last report that I did uh, was. Um, and I, I, I have sufficiently gotten home and, and gotten to catch up a little bit on my rest. Not, not nearly enough, never enough, but uh, be, be that as it may. I, I uh, wanted to take some time to reflect. I had given, I had provided a report. It's now available on the website at, at our home base, sgi-net.org. Uh, you can see the video podcast there, or you can listen to the podcast on uh, wherever you uh, listen to podcasts, uh, uh, iTunes or wherever. So, but some thoughts. Okay, so um, I had I had mentioned this morning about um, and that I was a little skeptical of um, where we were after last night, and last night was pretty much of a shutdown night. Uh, a couple people had shared some really pretty heavy things, and everybody went quiet. And um, as I as I reflected on that and discussed it with uh, my co spiritual leader or director, um, you know, we both thought that something was up, and and we wanted to try to get at that somehow. Uh, this morning, going into our final time together. And so we did, and, and we uh, went, that's kind of our schedule. Uh, we changed the schedule around. I mentioned that on the podcast this morning. Uh, we changed the schedule around, and we meet in the morning, um, and then we conclude the, the retreat with communion. And um, usually it, there's a little bit of a debrief before we go into communion, just to see where people are and what their thoughts are on it and, and that sort of thing. And, um, and we started out the usual way. Uh, we, had, we had one person who uh, had some, some thoughts, uh, and the, the um, retreat didn't live up to the expectations, but it, it, it went in directions that, that she really didn't expect to have, and she didn't see it as bad. It was just really just the way it was. And, she, and in her effort to accept as God had let her, she, she certainly did that, and that worked. That was one of the first areas that people mentioned. And then some other folks said, well, I think I'm good. I'm just fine. I got what I needed. Um, and that was about it. And then at some point in the, the time that we spent, um, I put the question to him, so tell me a little bit of what happened last night. Because I was a little vexed if you, I, I, I don't know if I showed it in the podcast this morning, but I was a little vexed that uh, there was such a huge silent shutdown after the things that people had shared. And um, and we we had people share stuff from past issues, uh, past trauma, uh, you know, deaths and losses that people had experienced. And so, um, as, as we began to talk, um, I, I kind of reflected back to them. It's like, what happened? Um, suddenly everybody shut down and nobody wanted to talk about anything. And sure enough, which the interesting thing about this, let me just preface this. The interesting thing about this is that this is symbolic and representative of even what we do in our own spiritual journeys on a regular basis. And so somebody spoke up and said, well, after, after what the other, the, the person had said, and there was a couple people that had mentioned some stuff, 
after that person, what that person said, it, we didn't know what to say. And, and literally one person said, I, I wanted to say something, but I didn't want to say something wrong. And, and the, the, the issue is, is that in an effort to, to do right versus wrong, she did nothing. And that's common, that is extremely common. And, and so um, we talked some more, and the, the, what I, I invited some the people that, were, that had shared last night to help us to understand how that felt, uh, to share the kinds of things that they did, and then to be meet with such stony silence in a lot of ways. And, and they both pretty much said, you know, it's like, I felt so alone. No one said, wow, that must be really hard, or I'm so sorry that you went through that, or anything like that. And, and as we discussed it more, then it seemed as if the lights started to turn on, and people began to make the connection, and they actually went to doing that to kind of repair what had happened the night before, to reflect to these people what they were going through and what it felt like to them. And, and one person said, I just wanted to cry for you because it was so hard to hear that you had to go through that and and that was that's the thing see that's the thing about any of this stuff is our effort either is to not do anything because we don't want to do it wrong or to do something and and we end up inadvertently drawing the attention onto us and and then we steal the story from the other person and we don't think that you know, honestly, I don't think this is malicious in any way, but innocently, there's a thought that um, if I say anything, somehow I'm stealing the the thunder of that story or the profoundness of the story. And quite honestly, when we share something of of high vulnerability, it is nice to hear somebody validate that to say, "Wow, that sounds really, really hard," and. And, and that's all that needs to be said. We don't need any profound words. We don't need any uh, fixes. We don't need any, you know, red bows to be put on it. Nothing like that. It just needs to be recognized for how hard it was. And at that moment, we end up feeling less alone. And I, quite honestly, I think that in a lot of cases, that's exactly why oftentimes we lack the kind of community that we love to talk about in the church, but we don't really do. Because either we're going to say something that has a solution embedded in it, or tell a story to make a point for the person, because we think that's going to be helpful to them, versus simply validating it. Now, the question arises, why do we tend to do that? And some of it is, got, you know, is is motivated. I think out of a sincere desire to help. I'm not, I'm not saying that really this is, this is driven by uh, selfishness or an effort to kind of bring the attention back to to me or us. But at the same time, I, I think that's effectively what it ends up doing, um, and it also trivializes and makes it. Uh, and inadvertently invalidates the other person's experience. Because we don't. I, 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 there was somebody that spoke up today and, and, 
basically said, you know, if I tell a story and somebody else tells another story, then somehow uh, that's stealing from the other person and all of that. And, 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 she, and she basically said, well, that's just not true. I said, well, that depends on the, the definition of truth here. And, and you'd say, well, there's only one definition of truth. Maybe, maybe. I think in a lot of ways there's truth, big T truth, you know, the truth of reality and the truth of what God's word reveals to us. But then there's another kind of truth that we live in. And oftentimes it's that truth that we make our choices from. And that's, that's what's behind all of this uh, that's here. And so it, it, it was remarkable to see that people were willing to take some of the feedback about be, being alone and sharing and nobody else came to their uh, aid or, you know, kind of they walked out on the, on the limb out there and nobody came out to be there with them. And, and they took that feedback and then they turned it and began to make the connections that could have been made last night that weren't, but at least we began to do it differently this, this morning. And I, you know, I, <clears throat> I, I, I specifically journaled and prayed last night that, that God would redeem this situation, that Jesus would redeem this situation so that we could grow in our understanding of how connection is created. And, create, and, and connection is created through grace. It is not con, con, connect. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. It's not connected by problem solving. It isn't. We think it is. <clears throat> And one of the things that I say all the time, so much so that, that um, you know, people <clears throat> end up repeating it. And for those of you that aren't looking at the video podcast, I had to take a drink because I was choking on myself. <clears throat> Is that we value our profound words more than we valued, value our presence. <clears throat> And I, people are not looking for our profundity. They're looking for, am I alone or aren't I? And if I'm not alone, is there someone here that validates what my experience is like? Now, one of the biggest challenges, I think, for, for a lot of people, well, a lot, a lot of Christians are coming from a big T perspective on, on some of this stuff, is that Big T should work. And while you want to maintain that belief that it should work, the reality is, is it depends on when it's used. Um, I'm not, I'm, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not busting at all on, on the need for us to ground ourselves in the reality of God's word and the truth of of the of the of the world that we live in, the broken world that we live in, and the brokenness we live with within ourselves, I'm not diminishing that. But at the same time, what do we lead with? <clears throat> do we lead with the big T truth and what is true, versus how can I connect with this person? And again, I would say over and over again, your presence is far more important, far more profound than your attempt to sound profound with your words, far and away. And that's what, that's what ended up happening, I think, in this, in this group meeting. And 
I I sat there thinking, you know, uh, this is amazing, and 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 in a lot of ways, silent retreats are <clears throat> is they are truly amazing because there is such a progression of growth in people in a relatively short period of time, two and a half days. And, and they, sometimes all the growth happens in the last two hours, which, which is just, you, you can't count on it. Sometimes this happens through small accumulations, but sometimes it happens all at once because people are finally making the connections. That connection is what provides the context for the change that people wants to, want to make. And that's, that, that's the key here, right? This connection has embedded in it grace because grace gives us the space to grow and to make mistakes and to learn and to do things differently. But if it's not that and my performance is ultim- of ultimate importance and when I do it wrong, it is of ultimate importance, then uh, either I'm not going to risk or I, I'm going to be reckless, I'm going to try and do it anyway, and then if you don't like it, then I'm going to blame you. And there's there's a lot that goes into that that I think is important to understand. And like I said this morning, if you listen to the podcast uh, before, I said, you know, I the <clears throat> the challenge here is that silence has a way, and this is exactly why people avoid it. Silence has a way of revealing things that we have been spending all of our time either trying to avoid or distorting or diluting or minimizing or comparing so that we don't have to deal with it because it's just too uncomfortable. No, I get it. I get why it would be that uncomfortable. But the thing to keep in mind here is if you're interested and you want to you want to do one of these silent retreats then come understanding that it's not there to uh become more spiritual now you will i mean i whatever that definition is really uh or you draw closer to god but see the thing is is the closer we draw to god the closer we end up seeing ourselves clearly and how profoundly we need the grace that he offers us to be able to rest in his love and when we rest in his love we grow we can we there's there's a space for us to grow there just like kids kids grow up in the context of grace they don't know anything else, really, in a lot of ways. And it's in that context that they grow because they can experiment and be silly and make mistakes and, and learn and all of that. But somewhere along the way, we we um, conclude that making mistakes is not okay. And then we lapse into our own little forms of legalism and law and and perfectionism and everything else because that's the only way that we can prove our worth, which implies that we don't think we have any without that performance. And so this is the challenge in a lot of ways for a silent retreat. It's a great uh, undertaking. It's a great thing to be involved in. But just understand that when we move into solitude, when we move into silence, it has a way of revealing things to us that we really never intended to look at. And God, in his great mercy and love and grace, just shows it to us and says, okay, 
what what are you going to do? I mean, what what do you what do you want to do? And if we're honest, we might say, I don't want to do anything. And you can. It's not like he's going to twist your arm and make you do it. You can. On the other hand, you can say, I don't want to do it, but I trust you enough to try something different. And that's in a lot of ways more profound because the biggest challenge I think in our spiritual lives and our spiritual journeys is exactly what happened today is trusting enough to allow ourselves to be known as we are, not as we should be. And when we're known that way, we find freedom and we find acceptance and we actually learn the real the real interior of what grace is all about. And and that's that's the fun for me, and let me just put it this way. For me, that's the ultimate privilege of being a part of these these uh, silent retreats and these groups. Because I I get a front row seat of watching God move and watching the Holy Spirit kind of prompt people to make connections that they wouldn't otherwise connect. And then and then act on it in the moment, not not waiting to get it right or anything like that, but acting on it in that moment. And we had some profound moments this morning where people said, you know, I heard what you said, and my heart broke. I had one go so far to say that all I wanted to do was just cry for you and cry and give you a hug. And that, whether whether the person did it or not, it, it communicated such profound um, compassion that could never have been communicated in any other way. And that's, and that's really what this is about, right? It's not only giving compassion to other people, but it's also about self-compassion, allowing and accepting the, the love and grace that God offers us, which is essentially, in a lot of ways, and not to twist it to make a point here, but the, the vision of having an outpost group where I can meet with people and experiment and learn about these things is the very thing that we need to survive in the world that we're in. Because we get buffeted, we get beat, we get um, uh, pummeled by a variety of messages when we're on the outside of this. And, and it's a necessary part of living in the culture we're in. And that's, that's okay. I mean, that's just, it's not okay. It's just, that's the way it is. I really hate the phrase, it is what it is. It really annoys me, so I'm not going to say that. But, <clears throat> but I, I think that's equally important. But see, if I have other people that I, I have learned and come to trust, then I can, I can let down my guard. I can take my mask off. I can take my armor off and trust that they will handle the things I have to say with care, with compassion, with grace. And more than likely, I'm probably going to try to do that too. Now, I think we all know we're far better at giving grace than we are at accept, accepting it. And I think what's so important about that is whatever level of humility is required to accept grace given the place where we're at. And that's, that's, it's all combined in all of this. That's what's so amazing, I think, in a lot of ways in silent retreats, is that it brings all of this stuff together, and it's really overwhelming at times, for sure. But it brings all of it together in one moment, and you begin to get a taste and a vision for what thing, how things could be. 
And so then you begin to look and maybe you even invite other people to enjoy and to experience what you got to experience. It doesn't have to be in silence, but it can be in that kind of connection. And that's that's uh, really the, the, the report, if you will, that I have from this morning. I, I, I never cease to be amazed at how things come together over time. And sometimes they burst onto the scene like they did, like they did today um, in the final meeting. Other times they accumulate over time and they're building and then they crescendo in the final meeting. And so, but everyone is unique. And one of our members said something I think is the most profound, and that was we have to lean into our silent retreat, our journey together, not compare it to anyone else's, not compare it to past ones that may not have had the kind of Saturday evening that we did. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is our journey is uniquely our own and to not, and to resist the temptation to compare it, to try to say one's better than another and to live fully into it. And that takes trust too. And that's what is often learned in in a silent retreat like this. So it's it's been a great weekend. It's been exhausting for for me as a leader, uh, and that's just really the nature of it. it. May not be physically exhausting, but it certainly is emotionally and spiritually exhausting just to be present, to be part of this, and to encourage and support and validate what uh, the members' uh, experiences have been. And, um, you know, I've been doing this long enough that, that there's hardly anything that uh, I'm taken by surprise about because God does amazing things and surprising things. And if you trust him, it's like whatever you dish up, God, I'm in. Let's see how this goes. And uh, let's see how you work this one through. So um, and that's what that's what this retreat has been. So thanks so much for for tuning in to each of my little updates each day. This is the final conclusion of it. Uh, there's always a, a certain element to the end of each silent retreat. There's bittersweetness about it because now we go back into the uh, pandemonium of life and, and connection with people and, and uh, all the various duties that we have for me as teaching and for students with homework and everything else. And that's pretty unrelenting in a lot of ways. So it's kind of a entry into a land beyond time so that we can meet ourselves and meet each other and ultimately meet God in a way that, that maybe we've never had before. And that's really what it's all about. That's These silent retreats are just simply a part of the journey. <clears throat> and they're an important part, but they're not the only part. And daily life still has to be lived, and that's still a part of it as well. So... Anyway, thanks for joining me. I appreciate the time that you have taken to listen in and to uh, think through some of the, the aspects of this and how it fits your own journey, even though you're not on a silent retreat. And, um, and so uh, <clears throat> that's it for tonight. As always, I always end with, uh, we're looking at adding some retreats, but we can't do that without some financial support. And um, so if you, you feel so led or you feel like somebody who wants to support the younger generation having experiences like this, tune them into the podcast, uh, send them to the donate page. It's at sgi-net.org. 
uh, forward slash donate. And that will help us to offset a lot of the costs of this, which it's, it's not inexpensive, but it also is, I think a lot of people would say certainly worth it. So, um, that, uh, like I said, that's it for tonight. Thanks so much for joining me. We'll uh, continue with our regular programming next week. And until then, love you. Later. 